Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Uh, Well, good morning. I always have the dubious task every year to share a message and it's always after that little segment and I find it really hard to compete with cute little kids that think Santa comes from South America. (laughs) And kids that, they don't want bikes anymore, they want a million dollars, they want a unicorn that turns into a rainbow, that turns into this. It's unbelievable, what is this world coming to? But I am gonna do my very best this morning to share a quick message with you so that we can go and be with our family and friends and eat all those wonderful treats this year. Who knows that there's a lot of excitement around Christmas time? And one of the main reasons for the excitement is the presents that we get. You know what it's like to have presents under a tree, particularly when you are younger and you have days, maybe even weeks to pick it up, rattle it, shake it and think and imagine what could be in the gift. And by the time you get to open it, your imagination has gone so crazy and so wild. You really do set yourself up for a major disappointment. Because if it's not a unicorn in there, everything else less than the unicorn is not going to be quite as good as what you were hoping for. And so you know what it's like, you, you open it up on Christmas Day, first thing in the morning, and you're excited, I can't wait, oh, and you say, thanks mum, thanks dad for all the great things that you got me. And then you got to... Then you're going to practice your I'm grateful look. <laughs> That's great. Isn't it funny? All those kids that were asked what they want for Christmas, no one said socks or jocks, but who's ever received socks and jocks for Christmas? All of us have. And it's the, it's the most disappointing gift of all. Put them on for you tonight, honey. That's just. (laughs) And we get excited because it's not what we were hoping for, yet it's a gift that's very necessary. And when you stop and think about it, socks and jocks, upon reflection, are quite a good gift. I mean, they provide comfort. Support. <laughs> and they're incredibly cheap. It's a great gift. Upon reflection, socks and jocks are not a bad gift at all. Much needed, but often not desired. And when I think about that thought, I think about the very first Christmas where we receive the greatest gift of all, but it's not the gift people were hoping for. But it is indeed the most valuable and most needed gift 
of all. Even Mary and Joseph were surprised by, by this gift. I mean, people were expecting a Messiah. They wanted someone to come uh, to free them from the Roman tyranny that was upon the earth some 2,000 years ago, particularly against the Jewish community. But no one expected a Messiah, a Saviour, a champion to come this way. But it was only upon reflection that Joseph and Mary started to realise what an incredible gift it was. And today, I think it would do us good to reflect upon and remember the significance of this babe in the manger. And to do that, I want to look at three aspects of the manger this morning before we go and be with our family and friends. And I want to read from the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2, reading from verse 4 to 7. It says, So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. In other words, he was not married, but she was pregnant. Hashtag awkward. While they were there, the time for the baby to be born came and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them in the inn. Three things about this manger that I want to draw from today, that we can reflect upon, that we can go away with a sense of appreciation for all that takes, took place some 2,000 years ago. And the first one is simply this, the miracle in the manger. The miracle in the manger. An angel came to Mary and said that a virgin will give birth to a child. That, my friends, is indeed a miracle because virgins don't have babies. It's a miracle. Now, I know this is very hard for us to believe. In fact, it was hard for Mary to believe when she was told by the angel that she was going to bear a child and she had not yet slept with a man. She said, how can this be? Please, let's do away with the notion that Bible characters were simpletons and they just believed anything. Mary understood biology. She wasn't stupid. She understood that it takes a man and a woman to give birth to a child. And so she knew that she had not been with a man. And she asked the question, how can this be? For I have never been with a man. In other words, this is impossible. But as I tweeted this morning, impossibilities don't deny the existence of God. They simply highlight the limitations of humanity. See, the virgin birth is outside of the laws of nature but it's outside of the laws of nature where God lives. God is not confined to the laws of nature as we are. For what is impossible for us is indeed possible for God. He is not limited by the boundaries of life as we are. And what we call a miracle, God calls, get this, normal. What we call a miracle, God just calls normal. Miracles are what God 
has always been doing, it's just in an increased speed on a smaller scale. You've got to get this. A miracle is what God is always doing. All, there are miracles all around about us, but we don't see them. And so from time to time, God will speed up what He does over a long period of time in a short period of time. From time to time, He will speed up what He's doing all over the world in a certain locality, a certain location in order to get our attention. And indeed, this virgin birth did get the attention and the imagination of people. We see that the virgin birth, while it was outside of the laws of nature, it was still in keeping with the laws of nature. See, the father's role is to transform his DNA or transfer his DNA to create a child. That's how babies come into the world. When a man transforms or transfers his DNA to a woman and a child is born. That is not unlike what God did on this miraculous day. It's the Father in heaven who short-circuited the normal process because He is not limited by time or the boundaries as we are. And He performed a supernatural miracle that's outside of the laws of nature, yet in keeping with the laws of nature. The very DNA of the Father was put into this woman and a son was born. But it was minus the taint of human history. You've got to get this. Because it was His seed and not the seed of man. The virgin birth is indeed miraculous. And as a result, it wasn't just a man that was born. It was the man that was born. He came into this world not as a stranger, but as a sovereign. He didn't come as an alien. This miracle was not outside of what God was always doing. But it was in keeping with what God was doing. He just bypassed a process in order to reduce this miracle. And it's this virgin birth that changes history. Jesus is the God-man, not just the holy man. It proves to us that man is not alone, that God broke into human or humanity to say, I care and that you matter to Him. And because He initiated this act of love, it says He cares enough to take the first step. The miracle in the manger is that God was at work outside of men. The second thing is, it's the mess in the manger. I looked at the word manger in the dictionary and it says a long open trough for horses or cattle to eat from. In other words, there was no mention of a great substitute for children. It just mentions animals. Now I know animals are cute and I know animals are cuddly, but animals are also very, very messy. Our seven-year-old daughter, BJ, 
She desperately wants a dog. And we said, we are happy to get you a dog, but we want to know one thing, who's going to clean up the mess? Who's going to clean up the mess they make after they eat from the trough? And she was shocked and horrified and surprised. You don't have to pick up its poo, surely not. But we want to know who's going to be the pooper scooper for this cute, cuddly animal. Wherever there are animals, there is a mess. And it's in this environment that Jesus was born. Jesus was born into a messy environment, which was indicative of His life and ministry. Because ministry is indeed messy, because ministry involves people. And wherever there are people, there are problems. And I think from the very outset or onset of Jesus' life, He was saying and making a statement that I'm willing to get involved in your mess. So no matter how messy your life is, no matter how messy your relationships are right now, no matter how messy your health is right now, no matter how messy your finances right now, Jesus initiated a plan for you and He's saying to us that you do not have to be perfect in order to come to Him. He's gonna come to you in your mess. That's the great message of Christmas. And Jesus wants to turn your mess into a message. Isn't that amazing thought? He wants to bring meaning to your mess. I know some of you would say that 2013 for you was a very tough year. Maybe some of you would say it was your hardest year ever. And maybe some of you found yourself saying this year, what on earth is happening? And I wanna tell you what's happening. You are happening. There is something going on in the inside of you in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your problem, in the midst of your mess. And God is bringing meaning to your mess. He's bringing purpose to your problems because of what took place some 2,000 years ago when this baby was laid in a messy manger, in a messy stable with cattle and poo and all those sorts of things. The smells were not good, but that's the environment Jesus came because sometimes our life does not smell too good. Sometimes our life does not look too good. And here's this babe saying, I'm willing to get involved in the mess of life to bring hope to humanity. What a God, what a Saviour. And my third point this morning is simply this, there is mercy in the manger. There's the miracle in the manger. There's the mess in the manger. But there is indeed mercy in the manger. You see, from the beginning of time, God has always loved people. The very first person He ever created was Adam. And, and, and He didn't place Adam at Para Hills, no. I can say that I grew up in Para Hills. He, he didn't place Adam just anywhere. He placed him in the best spot on the planet, in the Garden of Eden. He's always one of the best for people. And of course, many of you would know the story. Adam did some things that displeased God and he played the consequence of that. But even then, God was still loving people. So much so that throughout human history, God has sent His prophets, He sent His priests to bring a message of hope, to bring a message of reconciliation, to bring a message of redemption. 
God has always loved people and wanted the best for people. Unfortunately, people tend to ignore God. People often ask me, if God's such a God of love, why do bad things happen? And the answer for me is quite simple. It's because we do not come to adore Him, we just ignore Him. Isn't it amazing that we ignore everything He says and then blame Him when things don't go a certain way? We ignore the warnings to our own detriment. But we see all these prophets and all these priests not only came with a message of hope and love, but they were ignored. These prophets and priests, they were persecuted. And many of them were put to death. And then there was a 400 year period of silence. No prophets. Silence. And it's into this environment, this child comes. And the message in that is, you might keep ignoring me, but I'm going to keep loving you. This is the message of Christmas, that though we ignore him, he's going to continue to love on us. This baby in the manger is an act of mercy. It's a second chance. And this mercy was seen right throughout this child's life. This child grew to become a man. And right throughout the life of Jesus, we see incredible acts of mercy. We see a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And there were all these accusers around about her. And Jesus said, He who is without sin, let him throw the first stone at this woman. And oldest to youngest, they left until it was just him and this woman. And this sinless man, the one who had the right to throw the stones, did not throw the stones, but extended mercy and grace and gave this woman a second chance and said, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. Such is the mercy of the manger. You see, God is not narrow-minded as many people think He is. Jesus is indeed the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to God. But that does not mean for one moment that God is narrow-minded. When you do a study of history, you will see the mercy of God over and over and over and over again. You'll see men being persecuted, put to death, as God has tried to extend His love to humanity through prophets and priests and Christians. And in light of the way we treat God and in light of the way we've treated His priests and in the light of the way we've treated His prophets, in light of the way we've treated His Word, the question is not, why is there only one way to heaven? The better question for us to ask this Christmas day is why does God make a way at all? In light of the ongoing rebellion between humanity and God and He continues to make a way for us, that's the wonder of Christmas. 
That's the wonder of Jesus. That's the wonder of this time. That is indeed the reason for this season. And we need to take time to reflect because upon reflection, we will see that there's much more in the manger than we first thought. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.